Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, brought to you by Roast House Pub, one of Frederick's finest craft beer and culinary destinations, where great people come to drink amazing beer. Visit them to track their taps and menu at roasthousepub.com, or download the digital pour app to track what's on tap. This is episode 76, and I'm your host, Chris Sands. I'm here in Montgomery County at Downtown Crown Wine and Beer with Arash and Dave. Um... Why don't you introduce yourself, gentlemen, and uh, tell me a little bit about yourselves to start out. Sure. My name is Raj Tafakor. Um, uh, what was your question? <laughs> <laughs> it was, tell me a little bit about yourself. So I guess, how long have you been in the retail business? Uh, okay. How did you get into this business? So my dad used to own a liquor store in D.C., and then after that he owned a beer and wine store in um, Montgomery County called Georgetown Square Wine and Beer. I worked both stores growing up and then um went to college and then after college i tried to apply some apply for some jobs but always kept back going back to the store and working hours there then i realized you know if my dad can do it i can do it so i learned all i could from him and working at that store work in the county and just was patient kept looking for a new spot um and this development came up and honestly i got lucky to get on on the ground floor here in downtown crown and we opened this up in 2014 and we hit the ground running, and um, it's been uh, great since. The turning point was when I hired David, uh, our GM, so I'll let him introduce himself. My name is David Burks. Uh, I'm the GM here. I'm in charge of everything beer-related, the marketing aspect of the store. Uh, I got into the business, sort of fell into it. I was working for some guys that own a restaurant in Bethesda. Those guys decided, hey, let's open up a beer and wine store down the street. They needed somebody to run the store so you know they asked me hey would you be interested and i said you know yeah i don't have any experience but why not so they kind of kind of threw me to the wolves in that aspect but i learned real quick on the fly i was you know having my first child needed that job real you know real hungry and uh you know sort of fell in love with it realized i was pretty good at it and and then i guess arash was opening up i had moved up to the area and uh yeah so um you know, when we were, when we first opened, I knew I couldn't do this by myself. And I'd always been a, you know, I followed Dave at Beer and Wine Co. when he worked there on Instagram and Facebook. And I always loved his pictures. I loved what he did with the, his marketing and, I, like, you know, made beer attractive, made the wine look really good, especially on pictures. I mean, that's a big deal, believe it or not. But um, the selection and, you know, basically the marketing aspect of it. And uh, we got in touch and, you know, we combined our forces because each each of us brings different things to the table um he's great with beer uh you know bringing in what beer to bring in the trends and everything and you know i'm a wine guy but i I've, I've been drinking a lot more beer than wine lately but um you know we just combined forces and i i i understood the business aspect but dave really learned what i knew and we it's just been a really good Com- match complement each other yeah. pretty well i would say so the one thing you mentioned was that you follow him on Instagram, you like the pictures. How much of a, a role do you think Instagram has played in the explosion of craft beer? Instagram Did and Facebook, I mean, it, it, I think it, it's a obviously a big part. I mean, I don't think it's the only part, obviously. Like from a marketing standpoint, from it seems like that... It, Instagram is one of the... It's a, it's a free free way to reach an audience. Yeah, that's the way we always felt. Like, Facebook and Instagram was just... It's free. Yeah. How much does it cost you to take a picture of this beer, make it look good, and post it? It costs you nothing. How many people look at it? Four or 500 people at a time. How many of those people are going to come in to buy it? 
let's just say five people. I mean, that's free money. Yeah. You know, um, and for the couple minutes you spend for the couple minutes, if, if, and that's an exaggeration that unless you really put a lot of effort into it, right? I mean, what sells a beer? Like you look at, you know, when Vale posts a picture, when Trillium posts a picture, when Other Half posts a picture, when RER posts a picture. What sells that beer? It's the look. It's the color. It's a. It's it's how it looks in those glasses. It's a presentation of a product. I mean, and then they they pour it in their you know specialty tiku glasses or those whatever those fish bowls now. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a weird. And not only are you selling the beer trend that's popped up all it, of a it, sudden. It, it is. <laughs> not only are you selling the beer, but you're selling the glassware with that beer. So it's, I think it's a big part, and it's it's, it's a cool part. I love it, and um, you know. Even that that's what gets, you know, people that aren't beer fans into beer. They're like, wow, that looks great. I got to try that, you know? Yeah, I think um, the glassware trend is one thing my wife wishes would go away because <laughs> our, our cabinets are just filled with uh, specialty glassware at this yeah. point. Good. At one time, she used to fight and say that it didn't look good, that every piece of uh, cup that we had was from a brewery. Now she just has caved, and that's all we have. Yeah. And I think the you know the hazy trend has a lot to do with the pictures because uh-huh. guess what it looks great. People like the look. <laughs> People like the look. Yeah. yeah, except for the occasional one that the colors just. I mean, they still taste amazing, but yeah. the colors just that mustardy, uh, uh-huh. dirty one <laughs> yeah. that every once in a while they come out with. Um, so this is is this the third location of yours or? Uh, so what order were the three? So uh, my dad opened up Georgetown Square. I worked there for years. Um, my brother and I, I have a brother, uh, Afshin. So we both were looking into a new spot. And um, he told me something. He's like, hey, look, by now, you know, I think I was uh, almost turning 30 and he was 33. And we were both like, hey, look, if we want to really be successful, we, we should be opening up two or three more stores, four more stores. But one thing that we were different and the most people were really patient. But what happened in 2014 didn't seem that way. This, I actually signed the lease for Downtown Crown in 2012, but it took two years to build because, of, I mean, it was just dirt here. It was a mm-hmm. farm. It was a big risk because who know who knew what, what was going to happen here? It was, it was just dirt. So I signed that in 2014. And around that time, 2013, 2014, um, a family friend uh, who owned Dominion Jewelers, was moving um, locations. They built a really big location next to their old location. And they're family friends and they're really into wine and they're, we knew, you know, they knew that we were in the wine and beer business. They're like, hey, why don't you guys open up a wine store in our old spot? So at 2000, right in 2014, we opened up two new stores at the same time. It was a very, you know, risky, you know, nerve wracking situation for us, but we really believed in what we did. So it was first Georgetown Square, and then Dominion Wine and Beer opened up before Downtown Crown. And Dominion Wine and Beer in Virginia is a little bit different. You can sell wine and beer everywhere, so you couldn't have a big store. So we had more of a boutique-style store okay. with uh, you know, really good craft beer and really good wine. And that store is tremendously successful, too. So we hit the ground running in 2014, but it was really nerve-wracking. And what ended up happening is my brother runs Dominion. He does a great job there. And I'm here up at Downtown Crown because, you know, this is my baby and that's his baby. But, you know, unfortunately, we can't intermingle too much because, you know, Virginia and Maryland are very different with the laws. And, you know, a lot of Virginia breweries don't come up here and a lot of Maryland breweries don't go down there. But at the end of the day... Um, we've established great relationships with both Maryland distributors, Maryland breweries, and Virginia breweries and Virginia distributors. 
Yeah, I've, I've talked to some owners of breweries in Virginia that have just lamented how difficult it is to cross that river. Yeah. They're coming oh, from we like try the Luckett's com- area. We try, we, to we, we try to them. convince them all the time. We're like, hey, yeah. it's not that bad. I hey, know. Hey, Aslan. Like, you know, <laughs> come on. It's just a bond. Like, you know, it's, <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. But I, I understand, like, you know, every brewery has their own, um, you know, uh, their own, uh, what you call it? Um, plans. Yeah, their own plans yeah. of uh, distribution and expansion. I understand that you know they don't they want to take care of their customers in Virginia first and then once they expand and get another barrel or two then they're ready and, and, and they'll come I mean and they'll come I'm thinking uh, next year or two you, you'll see a lot more Virginia breweries that are you know right across the border so one thing I wonder is so is it my perception or is it recently where downtown crown has exploded was it I'll like, let Dave and by that. recently, maybe like the last year or so, because sometimes I don't know if it's just because I've become aware of something or if it's just that I, I've become aware of it because it's become so big all like rapidly. Um, you want well, to well, I mean, I, I feel like we've always had to kind of fight a little bit harder. We operate within Montgomery County. We're at a disadvantage. Um, a big advantage that we do have is the self-distributed brand. So, but I mean, I would say we've been doing really, really great things for the past three years, just a little bit under the radar um, until recently, but I mean. We're still under the radar, if you ask me. Um, I mean, it, there's, there's, a, there's a stigmatism. There's a, there's a perception that, um, you know, nothing good alcohol-wise can come out of Montgomery County. And, I, you know, I don't blame people for thinking that. Uh, we've always had to work a lot harder. I think I was telling you before here, like how you know, we really had to convince distributors to give us some limited products back in 2014, 2015, because why would they bring it to Montgomery County when it's going to be marked up 25% more? And, um, you know, they have to rely on the county to deliver it. Back in the day in 2014, when Legends would only get like six cases of Firestone Sukaba, why would they take less money to take it into Montgomery County, mm-hmm. drop it off at the county warehouse and make sure that the county delivers it on time or correctly? And I'll, I'll be honest with you, there's a, there was a 30 to 40% chance that it wouldn't get delivered correctly mm-hmm. because Montgomery County was so inept at what they were doing. They still kind of are. Um, but Is that just from the standpoint of where it, it's not a private company so they don't take as much care um, with warehousing? It's just, it's the, just a government. Uh, there was no accountability there. Uh, their syst- they changed systems, and their systems, it's called the ISOR. It's awful. I mean, I, I don't want to get into too much of it, but it's, it's a bad situation. Um, it's gotten a lot better as far as product I mean, coming through and getting to us. It, when they used to, they in 2015 they had like a 65 percent delivery rate. Now it's like 85 percent. So still bad. It's still bad. <laughs> it's still better. They've gotten better. Yeah. <laughs> um, we really had to. David and I always like joked around, like you know, when he start, first started working here, how much we had to beg for beer, and um, mm-hmm. it was really difficult for us. It, we had to. We always just had to work a lot harder. Um, a lot of a lot of those problems have are not around anymore we don't have to work as hard or we you know people bring us beer now back in 2014 2015 we had to like beg we had to like sit there please because you're just you're just a new place um right even Mm. if they believed in you there's extra hurdles to jump through to get you the beer you know we we ended up becoming a unique spot i mean we have a bar here it's a retail spot these breweries and distributors want they want to do events here and yeah. put their products So in, in like 2014, 2015, when, you know, craft beer was starting to come up, and we are paying 25% more for, you know, stuff that goes through Legends and everything. So what we did was, okay, we know that we're at a disadvantage because of price. 
Um, what are we going to do? Okay, we're just going to take less money. We're going to, I'm going to take less money to build this business to make sure that craft craft beer drinkers don't have to go to McLean Total Wine. They don't have to go to Howard County anymore. They don't have to go to Total Wine and you know uh, in Laurel or wherever that is. They can stay here. The, you know, we'll take less money. We'll take less of a margin. May our, our price is going to be maybe a dollar two more? Yes, but it's not going to be that four dollars more that you know a normal markup would be. We had that advantage of losing money there because we do have you know the draft list and we can make you know a our, higher margin on the. We can, you can make a higher margin on draft, so we were able to you know establish a business here that hey look we're not going to rip you off like every other Montgomery County. Even though we don't we never felt that other Montgomery County stores were ripping people off, they were just having a normal markup like anybody else yeah. would. But if you add the 25% the county adds and then a normal markup, you're pricing yourself out. And that's one thing that we did was we were like, okay, we just have to lower our margin. And are we going to make less money on this beer? Yes, but in the overall long term is it going to be good for us as a business? And I think it has. Yeah, because you've definitely had some high-profile, cool things you've done here um, that I want to get into. But first, I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Roast House Pub, for their continued support of uh, the Uncapped podcast. Coming up on March 27th, we've talked about it, the Warodaka Beer Dinner, which I think you guys did. Warodaka had something here, didn't they? Or there was a release? Or we have a great relationship. relationship yeah, when them. we talk about Maryland, I can bring up Warodaka. And, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. one of our employees used to work at Rose House so we used to go Dave and I used to go there a couple times and great food yes <laughs> excellent food chef Nico knows how Nico. to cook yeah and they use um digital uh, digital pour the yes. same system that we use and which is actually how I've come I often want to come down here because I'll check to see what Roast House Pub has on tap and then I'll just scroll a little bit further south and check what they're, you they're have a gr- they're a great partner and <laughs> So there will be the Wardaka Beer Dinner that if you're listening to this before Sunday, March 25th, I'll be giving away a pair of tickets. Go on to the Uncapped Facebook page and look for the post that says that there's a contest. And then on March 28th will be the release of Mike Up Mango. It's a, well, the release is this Friday, but the tapping at Roast House Pub, the collaboration between myself Uncap Podcast and Monoxy Brewing Company will be uh, tapping March 28th, and there will be live brew bluegrass. So, once again, thank you, Roast House Pub. So that would be a great beer for you guys to get, too. Yeah, can we? uh, Love to. Yeah, absolutely. Jim Bachman can uh, make that happen for you. Half K? Sure. (laughs) Send Um, it, Jim. Send it. (laughs) I'm sure he'll be happy to. They got a bunch of it. (laughs) So the... um, So... One of the specific, well, actually, let's just, you said you want to talk about, uh, let's talk about Wardaka a little bit. So, um, Wardaka. Our Montgomery so County friends. It's actually, yeah, it's a pretty co- cool story. So, when I first opened up this place, um, we dealt with a, a guy, Brett Snyder, who worked for JBG, who JBG developed this property. Uh, he was the head of the construction for this project. So, you know, uh, Brett saw what we were doing and, he, you know, Brett was always a beer drinker. He lives on the Wardaka farm. And I'm not going to, I think once he saw what was going on in here, because even in 2014, when no one knew of us, we were, we were busy. And he saw that. And I think they already were making, starting to make plans because Keith, his brother-in-law is a brewer, was a brewer at Flying Dog. And I think they started making plans. So like, hey, wait a minute, this, this, this is something, crap beer or something. Let's, why don't we open up Wardaka? I don't, I'm not saying that 
they will open up because of DTC. But it, it was we both kind of um, started at the same point, and we all both saw what was happening, and I think that pushed them to open up Wardaka. And you know, we it's been a great relationship since. In 2015, um, Brett came up to me and he's like, hey, look, March 25th is technically Maryland Day. Why don't you guys have an all-Maryland tap takeover with all your 22 taps? um, You know, All-Maryland beers. All-Maryland beers. And that day was, to that point, our busiest day we've ever had at the bar. Actually, we had to rethink the flow and operation of the bar and the business to we some extent yeah we couldn't um hand we could handle it but we didn't handle it like the way we like to mm-hmm. uh we literally you know tore down a few parts of the bar made it more efficient because of maryland day and uh i always attribute that to brett and uh keith at waradaka like hey thank you for you know coming up with that idea and ever since then we've been doing it every year it's just been growing since which can lead right into you have that coming up uh, this weekend. Yeah, Maryland Day, Saturday. Um, it's on the 25th. It's on the 24th because it's Saturday. Uh, Dave can talk about the list a little bit more. I can tell you what we're doing uh, overall. We partnered with um, RPAI, our landlord, uh, Lymphoma Leukemia Society, and Fox 5. Uh, each year, Maryland Day has grown for us. Like I said, the first year was inside our place second year was outside in the tent um right adjacent to us we had a, there's a little parcel of land uh that was an incredible success and then you know the third year why not get bigger we're gonna close down the street we're gonna tent up this whole street that you see down here um we went from uh you know 10, 11 to 20 uh, yeah we went to 11 breweries to so 20 breweries this year uh 40 different beers um there's gonna be a lot of band live music uh food from food. the shopping center um, you know, it's a, it's a mm-hmm. o- overall great event. It's for, you know, proceeds go to charity. Uh, we're not really making, you know, this isn't a money-making thing. It's just a highlight Maryland craft beer and where it's become. And I personally feel that, you know, people should come support, you know, these local breweries and come see what Maryland has to offer because we really feel that, you know, Dave and I go to Virginia all the time. We really feel that Maryland's right up there. We feel Maryland makes world-class beers, and I and I could, I say that with 100% honesty. I really do feel that if if you, it'll stand up to anything in the country. I really, there's no doubt about it. And Dave can talk to you a little bit more about the tap list and what the work he's done because he's done a tremendous amount of work to come up with the tap list and the draft list outside, and it's accumulation of our the relationships that we've built. Um, you know, let's go. Yeah. So there's there's going to be a lot going on. Uh, that day so we open at 10 inside we have multiple can releases uh, and collaborative projects that we're going to be releasing at 10 Uh, we have a new variation of Maryland uh, being brewed by RAR have 125 ish cases of that at 10 Uh, I think that's one of my favorite logos oh it's fantastic and I mean what better beer to brew for Maryland day than Maryland yeah um Next up, we've got a collab beer that we did with Kushwa called Ark and Dove, another New England IPA. I no, mean, I really... Mollies. Or Mollies, yeah, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> Mollies. Ark and Dove. Uh, really feel like they've been on fire lately. Their beer's just been getting better and better and more sought after. So really, really uh, great timing, I feel like, to have a, have a collaborative project from them. So we'll have 50 cases of that. Uh, they also brewed a beer called Fruit Tart, which is a Berliner Weiss with... Uh, various fruits i think it's blackberries i'm really looking and, to forward to trying that one yeah yeah i mean it should be should be outstanding so 25 cases of that and then we have you know we got some lost ipa from burley oak in cans which is the first time i think that's ever come in to montgomery county you rarely 
east of the bridge. Uh, weekend at Murky's from Black Flag, we'll have cans of that. We'll have Sour Cherry Blossom from Oliver. I mean, it's a whole bunch of great Maryland product in cans that will be available starting at 10. All 22 lines of, you know, of our taps inside are going to be all Maryland beers with a whole bunch of really killer limited release stuff as well. Uh, Crowler fills will be available on those. So you can kind of come in, grab some product, hang out, have a beer, and then at 2, the festival will start outside. 20 Maryland breweries, 40 beers, and these aren't like, you know, core products that these people are pouring. These are, you know, all limited brand new releases, a ton of like really sought after beers that I think people will be excited to see at a festival. It's not your normal kind of festival list. I mean, it really, you know, the, I think I would say last year I had to sort of keep a lot of the limited stuff for our taps inside, put some core beers. It was like one core, one limited outside. But this year it's like there were so many great beers for me to choose from that, you know, it's no matter where you are inside or outside, there's going to be something incredible to, to drink. You know what I mean? That's awesome. Um, how many people are you exp- or how many people can you accommodate? We can accommodate a lot this year. Um, last year we did around 1,500 people. Um, well, 1,500 people bought tickets, so I don't really know about the number of people that came in. Uh, we do feel that we've been, we double the amount of breweries this year that, you know, we should get a lot of people. I hope we get a lot of people. Um, and, and this event is really an accumulation of all the hard work that Maryland breweries have done and Dave and I have done. And I really do think it should be celebrated, especially at these times of, you know, what's been going on with Annapolis. I think we really need to sit back and be like, wait a minute, Maryland still has amazing craft breweries. Yes. Nothing, you know. That hasn't changed. That hasn't <laughs> changed. And, you know, it's not going to change. It's not going to. Yeah. And, you know, we really feel strongly that, you know, um, that we need to come and support and celebrate what Maryland has to offer. And I'm really excited for Saturday. And um, It's easy to support when the yeah. beer is that good. Yeah. We can do Maryland taps 365 days a year, all Maryland. Easy. And people will be completely I was just going to say, people will not complain. And they will not complain one bit. That's what I think. Um, so we, we talked a little bit about reform on tap and um, the some of the perception that uh, I've tried to help get away with that. Retailers aren't, I'm sure there are some, aren't against right. the, the Maryland breweries. They support them. They know that when the maryland breweries are doing better that helps you guys yeah, what's what's good for them Prime is, example yeah. is this weekend what's good mm-hmm. for maryland brewers is good for us uh without maryland breweries we wouldn't be here today i mean there's no doubt about it without you know the self-distribution laws that we have in montgomery county we would be struggling because we would have to buy everything from dlc at a 25 percent markup so i've always felt what's good for them is good for us what's good for us is good for them and that that's the way i see it and uh, that's not going to change um we want to support maryland breweries and if they if they sell you know if they make 150 cases of something and they only sell it out of their tap house good for them that's great um they can use us when they can come to us whenever they need to put their beers on tap get other people trying their beers especially if they're you know in northern maryland and um they want to get get some customers from us just give us a keg and you know people will try it and that'll drive you business that's 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 what we want we want to drive business to them because that means they're expanding they're doing better and they're making more beer for everybody yeah because i i would imagine that even if a brewery does a can release and they 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 keep it all to themselves sell it all through the brewery right that still 
puts a, more of a spotlight on their core brands, right. which you carry. Exactly. And you're going to sell more. That, if they if they sell all their beer, that's awesome. That's what we want, you know? I mean, do we want a keg of it? Sure. Are we going to get a keg of it? Maybe not. If we do, that's great. Um, if we don't, it's not, it's not a big deal because I know next week, guess what? They're going to have another release, and they're going to have another few uh, more kegs. And um, that's the way, you know, that's honestly how we've grown is a lot of these beers that are limited that, you know, you know, for instance, RAR, you know, will do a can release and we'll get a keg of that can release the following week. So not only do they get their sometimes, business. Sometimes yeah, that same week. Yeah, sometimes that same week. So it's really a partnership that we feel that, you know, Maryland breweries and retailers should have. And not every retailer has it because you know, maybe they, you know, weren't you know craft focus maybe they're a little craft focus too late and they don't have those relationships yeah, but looking do. around this store you are definitely craft focused yeah. there is a probably the amount of real estate dedicated to craft beer in most places dedicated to macro brands yeah. i think i see what, like maybe two cooler areas yeah. and the rest is all craft mm-hmm. well i, I do want to say this and I, I hope people don't kill me for it but um we are <laughs> we love selling anything to everybody you know what yeah, i mean if somebody wants a 12 pack of metal light we awesome. want everybody to be comfortable to to come here yeah and shop. we're never going to be too um we'll never stick our nose up if someone that comes and buys even steel reserve uh, you know what i mean like yeah. that we want to accommodate everybody obviously we're geared more towards the craft drinkers but we love the people that come in every day and buy their six pack of metal like no problem with that they're some of our best customers so we really like to focus on the overall beer but obviously more craft focused and especially maryland focused yeah and which also looking around here it's very heavily maryland craft beer and that's a that's a testament of where maryland craft breweries have come in the past three four years yeah because i'm sure whether you want to support them or not if they weren't putting out a product that was going to sell you're not going to dedicate Right. a lot of shelf space just to be altruistic right <laughs> it's it's easy for us to support given that the beer is good number one number two the ones that are self-distributing their product to us we're getting beer you know one or two days old uh it's delivered directly bypassing the dlc we have a great price on it which is you know a competitive advantage and that those brands are really dominating the floor space the floor space and the taps um in here and i mean it's manor hill rar black flag and- uh, even Seven Locks, you know, they, they started canning stuff. Uh, um, Brookville started canning. Brookville's a couple miles down the street. They started canning recently, and, mm-hmm. you know, we put that stuff on the floor, and especially people like, hey, uh, what's fresh? Well, this, 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 this. <laughs> and the it, store. Yeah, it, and that's <laughs> that's um, one thing that uh, is, is really awesome to see is, like, you know, we used to only get um, a couple things fresh. Now it's almost, you know, our f- whole floor space is, like, less than two, three weeks old. I mean, sometimes, like, two days old that's amazing mm-hmm. so the you've done some like collaborations with breweries how have those come about like and do do you guys go there and you fully involved or um i'll let yeah. dave talk but dave is so, uh, on top of that yeah so i mean i think this somewhat lends itself to the self-distribution thing so for example rar originally was distributing through legends we we did their launch event here when they first opened up um and that you know that established a relationship right away then once they started self-distributing we you know their product uh started really like cranking in here i mean we really started moving you know 10 15 cases in in nectar a week like steady steady so it was a day old 
Yeah, it was a day <laughs> old, and it became our you know it became our top selling beer in the store, and um, and it still really really is. Yeah. Um, so combine that relationship with moving a whole lot of product, and then you know promoting the way we promote and we the way we promote brands and do events and things like that. It's you know we 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 get approached then. I mean we got you know I think the first one we did was Edward Hyde. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. That was, um, Edward Hyde was a double IPA collab with RAR. I mean, that, it, it was a year ago. It felt like, it feels like two, three years ago. I think it was, it was last year, wasn't it? Two. That was two years ago? I don't know. Uh, it's a blur. Know. It, it was yeah. re- recent enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, that was, that was the first one that we did. Um, so I guess, I mean. So did you, did you work on the recipe with them and go out there to brew or is it more just like a high level? We, we went out there and hung out with them. I mean, we don't get our, we don't get involved necessarily yeah. in the so brewing we, process. I mean, we've done some uh, collabs with Jace from Meridian Pint and Jace, like, you know, for instance, Edward Hyde, I mean, Jace was really into, you know, the hops and a bunch of other technical stuff that, you know, I'm be honest with you, I'm not too familiar with. And at the end of the day, we'll let the brewers brew because yeah. they, and Randy's awesome. And Randy came up with the recipe. I remember when we were up there and we were brewing, Randy comes with his like technical sheet and says, tell us, he's telling us the recipe and all the, all the technical stuff. I'm like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. They're yeah. like, do you want to pour the hops in? I'm like, sure. <laughs> That's all we pretty much did. Um, Take a couple photo ops. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, back to, you know, the collabs um, and this whole partnership thing with uh, us and Maryland breweries. We, again, we really do promote pretty well here and again what's good for them is good for us and we when we do those collabs we get the these beers out to montgomery county like people that and you know and beyond yeah and beyond that usually in virginia you know what i mean that usually wouldn't be able to drive to you know you know northern maryland or the chesapeake yeah. area they wouldn't be able to get those beers so when we do these collabs you're opening your these collabs open that brewery up to a whole new market especially since we're close to virginia and dc yeah. so it, it's it's just a great partnership and those collabs are really well and uh, really do well and um and at the end so, of the day so they 200 cases of edward hyde in an hour yeah hour and a half something like yeah, that nice. it really does in one thing that I always tell breweries, I'm like, hey, look, I want this to drive business to you guys. I want them to try your beer, like it, and then go visit you guys and spend money in your tap room because that's good for you guys. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, like, you know, when we do do these collabs, we see these breweries grow and we get less and less of their product. But that's fine with me. You know, that's OK. That means they're growing. Not not in the case of RAR. No. Yeah. Now they're growing. Yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um. I know, like the ice cream truck release. I can't remember how fast it was, but it it sold out pretty quickly. So hour so. Yeah, so we had to actually ring up people since there was three stops. Uh, the first stop was Max's. At they, I think they started selling at Max's 10 a.m. Um, it was it, that day was awesome. I mean, that I that's all RER's idea and uh, Chris's like you know some marketing genius. Yeah. <laughs> so he, it, it, it was um how to execute that for us and that's one other thing that i want to say is that we execute these collabs really well we really take the time to think about it and you know do the lines and we're the fastest well, to get, give the customers a really really great experience it's I, not when i mean when they wait in line they can hang out on our patio yeah, we move that line we and move i always the line quick i always joke around saying i'm the fastest register guy in the, in the whole country because <laughs> i can know I, I would argue that but. <laughs> <laughs> so um you know that that whole thing was we actually sold sold the tickets to the beers uh at 10 a.m so we had to get that line out of the way which we did took about like 30 40 minutes 
And then after Which that, is impressive because this whole photo yeah. is that line right. taken from I don't know where the person Parking was. Garage, they, like, they took him for the part. That was so, a long so, line. So that was the second line. So I'll get to that. So we had to be in touch with RER. Say, hey, what's your timing? What's your timing? So we have all these people. We they bought their ticket first. Okay. Now we had to make another line for them to wait for the truck. So it was really tricky, but we executed it perfectly. And the truck came. What time did the truck come? Like one. 12, one. And when the truck came, guess what? People had their receipts. Uh, they, were, they were giving the beer out of the ice cream truck, just as planned, just as a vision. They had music going on. It, it was an awesome day. And then they Nice, quick, their, and easy, and then on their way to Meridian. They, yeah, they em- yeah, they emptied the truck out, and they went on to the next stop. It was, it was, a, great, it was a great day. I, I thought that was, like, one of the coolest things. Um, that's ever been done in Maryland craft brewery and that craft brewery super yeah. cool. Spe- yeah. Speaking of, sorry, speaking of uh, collabs, one I missed for for the festival this Saturday, we did a beer with Kushwa, so I'm really really excited about that. Those guys are, I mean, brewing incredibly good beer. I mean, I, they're really popular for their hazy IPAs, but everything I've had from them, any a broad range of styles, has been really really good. And um, so we have a we have a New England IPA on draft that'll be available for crowlers on Maryland yeah. Day. Awesome. It, it's special when a brewery up and coming like a new brewery comes out and they don't just brew one thing really good. Everything that they brew is good. Yeah, and that's every, the, you don't I you don't see that too too often. From yeah. yeah. And um, I mean, they could brew a pilsner that's going to be super drinkable, super delicious. You know what I mean? And then they could brew the those world class hazy IPAs. And their uh, their collab is called um, Down to Clown. Yeah, yes. Down to Clown. Yeah, <laughs> DTC. Down they to have, Clown. They have some great beer names too. Yeah. Which it seems like now is like Trust Fund Hippie is another one that we'll have on tap. Who's that from? Kushwa. Oh, yeah. I didn't see that <laughs> list of that one. That's awesome. Yeah, those those guys are great. Uh, we've had them on a couple times, and just I don't I don't think I've had a beer from them that I thought was anything lower than amazing. Yeah, like it, well, one, I do want to say one more thing about the collapse. Um, uh, we haven't done all this by ourselves. We've been helped by a lot of people. And I was telling you about Jason Williams earlier, you know, worked really hard with legends to get us beer when we first opened. But, um, another person is Jace Gonnerman from the Meridian Pine, Brooklyn Pine and uh, smoke and barrel. He really, he's a Montgomery County resident and he was always frustrated with how there was no good retailers, no good, you know, craft beer spots in Montgomery County. Then when we opened up, he really helped us by, scheduling collabs with um people that we would never have been able to get collabs with he just helped us establish a lot of relationships so i really gotta thank him for that and i think dave absolutely you know, yeah dave would attest to that like i mean he helped us out even in virginia like when Oslo first came out with ta- talking backwards he invited us to come brew with our virginia store and um you know we got a couple kegs of that in the first two years and and it's one of them you know i think one of the all best about beers. relationships yeah. yeah and what makes it easy is that I don't know about you guys, but I haven't met anyone in Maryland craft beer that just aren't amazing, great people. Right. Exactly. Everyone a, I've it's encountered, it's a great are community. Just, they're people you want to hang out with. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if it's just we're lucky or the nature of the people who want to open breweries. It's a certain personality, but they, everyone has been great. Well, everyone, it's, everyone's it's a, what's there everyone's drunk. Yeah. No. What's there to be angry about? There's some there's some great characters in this in our industry and uh, you know we've got to we've had the pleasure of meeting a lot of them and we've had a you know I think lifelong relationships that are not going to go anywhere and it's been a it's been a good ride and it's going to continue. So you have uh, your huge event uh, for Maryland Day or on Sunday. Do you have anything else coming up exciting you want to talk about before we wrap up? 
you know, some we're wine not, festivals. Or? Yeah, we we we're not just a beer store. We we do a lot of wine events, and we, our wine buyer Bill, who um, is one of those characters, <laughs> I mean, his Twitter handle is Moco Beer, and I have to I have to give it to him too. And he he was a real strong supporter of us, and um, and luckily it was like, hey, Bill, you want to you want to be our wine buyer? I di- I didn't know how much he knew about wine up until we hired him. I mean, he, I know his Twitter handle is Moco beer, but he's, he's a wine guy, I would say. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. He I likes mean, beer too, he likes beer he's too. A, he's a wine expert. Yeah, he is. I mean, he's been to Austria, Germany. I mean, he's been to almost every wine region. He's also worked in these wine regions, especially Spain. He was there for a few years. And, um, and that and, type of knowledge shows. Yeah. Again, in Montgomery County, everything's 25% higher. So to, <clears throat> you know the beer program wasn't easy but we did it because there was no one else doing it wine was hard because we have you know we there's have a lot of people doing there's a lot of competition already. and there's you know the county stores that undercut you there's a you know there there used to be a great store next to us i think they um they changed ownership and they're not as good anymore but to really build the wine program here was is still a work in progress and we have great wine dinners coming up at Roos Chris, uh, a Fremark Abbey wine dinner. We are, we're doing a bunch of wine classes. So just follow us on Facebook, uh, sign up on our email list. I mean, we, we have great events like weekly. Um, Dave does an amazing job of our Friday night features. He'll feature either a brewery once in a while or we'll, you know, we'll just tap some really, really awesome tap whatever I whatever I can get my hands on. Yeah. And um, our Friday nights here are extremely popular and, um, you know, I, I hope that people come down, give us a shot. Great uh, happy hour. Yeah, great happy hour, four to seven, twenty percent off by the glass. Um, we, I know it's a small space and it does get packed in here, but I think our staff and our customer service really excels. Especially our bartenders, they know how to handle a crowd and they know how to get people the beer when they need a beer, and uh, I think that's really important. Um, and you know, I really, re- we really, really strive on customer service. I mean, without customer service, we wouldn't really be here. And um, I think that will show even on Maryland Day when, you know, it does look overwhelming to walk in here when it's so crowded. Um, give us a shot. Don't 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 worry. We'll we'll get you a beer and we'll um, take care you, of you. Yeah, we'll take care of you. So one question I did have: how how do you decide who you're going to give your shelf space to? Like what what beers that you're going to carry? Um, the lineup that you want to have. I mean, I would say number one, I have a pretty good feel for what's moving and what's sitting so that that would be one factor i mean if something's not moving too well i'll i'll kind of cut back and bring in something else but i mean we'll give almost anybody a shot at least one time just to see how it goes and then if things if, if the you know obviously customer demand will dictate you know a lot of that um relation- really customer driven yeah, yeah customer driven relationships obviously will help too as far as like floor space and featuring brands and things like that and quality but, i mean yeah. quality is a huge part of yeah. it you know if you're pumping out great great stuff and the customers like, like it yeah. like we were saying earlier those self-distributed brands are really dominating the floor space right now because it's super fresh and it's well priced yeah anything any- i'll tell you what's really low quality this uh mic stand right here that keeps slowly ah. <laughs> dropping down that, that is one thing that um you know with the popular you know craft beer that's been getting a little bit harder is you know i would i would love to carry everything but you, you always can't, so you have to kind of like, you know, pick and choose and not pick and choose, but see what's it's, it's selling. Get, it's getting to a pick and choose point because right. there's so much yeah. to choose from. It's it's kind of right there, and, I, in my opinion. And we keep our personal opinion out of out of what sells. Like I said, I'm a little still reserve. It's customer driven, um, and that's how it, 
we have to do it because mm-hmm. at the end of the day they're the ones buying you yeah. know and um we don't really want to push them towards buying something that they didn't want to buy or you know don't want so i think shelf space is all customer driven pretty much so what um what are the number one trends that you're seeing fresh beer (laughs) fresh beer hazy ipas obviously this past year um really good lagers and pilsners i think are kind of trending you know upwards yeah um which i've said it several times i just find it amazing that after this explosion of all these crazy flavors and coming full, super coming full cup, circle, yeah, right we're back. swinging back yeah. to yeah. just pure lagers and yeah. pilsners. People, and people are going to get tired of drinking something like ridiculous. I yeah. mean, eventually I mean, they just want a perfect example. Um, you know, uh, I play on a hockey team. We sponsor Downtown Crown Kings. We're really good. <laughs> but uh, you know, after hockey game, I'm not going to bring them. You know. A six pack of double IPA. I bring a Manor Hill Pilsner, or I'll bring them like a a nice light local beer, and they're like, oh, at first they're like, oh, what is, is this one of your craft beers? Is it bitter? Blah blah blah. I'm like, no, it drink it, and it's delicious. And they're like, wow, this is really good, and it's super drinkable. It refreshes you after a hockey game. So that's a one example of um, you know the type of people that you know will buy that. And guess what? A lot of our hockey players they come in afterwards and they buy a six pack of Manor Hill Pilsner because I keep bringing it there. So I think. Uh, the pilsners and the light beers are really um the i guess the uh gateway for you know new beer drinkers that are used to bud light Miller light modelo that they're going to come drink a fresh six pack of a locally brewed light beer that and has a lot more flavor than they probably used more, to but yeah. still easy to drink yeah and then that'll that'll continue to build them towards more you know complicated tastes but at least like that. a lot more flavor but the types of flavors are used to right sure it's not like you're handing them a double ipa that the bitterness is going to rake the your taste buds off and while i may love that someone who's used to drinking bud light is not probably going to enjoy that 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 also lends itself to why the new england ipas are so popular that that you know restrained bitterness is making that beer more approachable and more people like it they can drink more of them it doesn't you know wreck your palate so that's why those are popular in my opinion for the most part um so dave what are you drinking right now if you go when you go home tonight if you had a beer what are you gonna grab i mean we have a couple guys that work here that go to almost every can release whether it's in richmond (laughs) we're lucky here (laughs) richmond or 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 the eastern shore burley or rar or something like that so there's there's always a lot of limited release stuff that's kind of finding its way through here and i'll get a couple cans of those things so i mean i you know, in my position, I have I have more beers that are coming in here on a weekly basis that I could even attempt to keep up with, and I don't, I can't. You know, so I'll drink I'll drink uh, you know fresh IPAs for the most part, stuff that I generally can't get my hands on. So yeah, our employees use our uh, cold box as their personal storage. <laughs> yeah. So it's and I tell them like, hey, look, guys, if we're gonna do that. And I go if I want a beer, it's gonna I'm gonna, be mine. <laughs> I can, I'll take whatever I want. I'll drink it. Yeah, that's and your rent fee. Yeah, exactly. And like <laughs> yeah. you know, they'll bring stuff from, like I mean, some really really good stuff because they they trade with other people too, uh-huh. and they'll drop off something. Oh, that looks nice. Uh, you know what? Got a got a taxi on that. <laughs> Crack it open. No. So I would love for someone on this side of the state to start making beers like uh, Burley Oak Dreams. Because that's the one beer I always have trouble getting my hands on, and I just love them. You hear that, Denison's Wardock, uh, yeah. you know, Seven Locks? You guys hear that? Yeah, you any know? of you. Just yeah, start just doing it. Do just it. make me a sour beer with lactose added to uh-huh. it. 
Um, I mean, uh, you know, have, has there any been any Montgomery County like lactose sour beer? There's definitely fruit, fruited sours that you're seeing, but I don't yeah. think anything really necessarily trying to mimic a, a dream. It's a different, slightly different. Yeah, take. it's definitely. Yeah. And then, and I wonder if that's the hesitation to it. Like that's such a big thing for Burley Oak that other breweries don't want to. But like, I would argue that. Any everybody, style everybody's is, yeah. copied everybody yeah. on so everything. If anyone is not doing it because of that, just get that out of your mind and start making it so I can have easier access to or at least fruited try. sours with lactose. At least try, you know. Like, you know, take some skill to do the, those kind of beers, but someone should at least try. I don't think now. fruit tart from Molly's that we'll have on Saturday has lactose in it. But no, it's just a it's fruited, just fruited sour. sour. Yeah. Well, not just that, because fruited sours are delicious. It's, right. No. Um, and that's at the... The um, Neapolitan complex. Yep. Or Very good beer. That was amazing. It was like La- layers of flavor. You yeah. Just it was like someone took a, a scoop out of Neapolitan ice cream horizontally, and you just took that, a bite that's, of it. That's the beer on paper where you go like, oh, I don't, I don't know about that. Well, I then, told, I, yeah. reading the description, I was like, yeah. this is gonna be disgusting, but yeah. I'm gonna try it anyway. Randy, and then I took Randy. the first sip, and I was like, this is mind blowing. Crush that beer. When you amazing. when you go to a um, you know like a Michelin star or like a really high-end restaurant what makes a dish good is the layers of flavor so same thing with these brewery these brewers when they make a really good beer it's that layers of flavor like you get this taste and then followed by that taste and followed by that taste I think the that Neapolitan complex was just so delicious when like the first sip was different your first taste you got was way different from the last yeah. taste you got and that was really special it's not easy to do Hey, gentlemen, I want to thank you so much for giving me some of your time. I know you're super busy preparing for this weekend. Um, it's been This is an amazing store. Now that I know how amazing it is, I will put in the effort to drive down to Montgomery County Appreciate every that. once in a while. Yeah. Uh, and thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. Cheers. Yeah. Hey, thank you for uh, having us and coming down. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening.